and we are live for another episode of Being Human. I'm delighted to say I'm here with Garrett Kramer. Uh, he is uh, a coach and consulting pr- consultant providing services uh, for 28 years uh, to sports people, actors, uh, CEOs, um, and he's an author of now three books. Uh, and I've just taken a dive into his uh, latest book. And he has a very strong interest in non-duality, which I'm sure we'll get into for those of people who are not, not uh, familiar with that term, self-exploration and, and non-duality. Um, his, his latest book, True Self, Notes on the Essence of Being, is the one that I've taken a, a dive into. Garrett, a very warm welcome to the show. Thank you. It's, it's nice to be welcomed, Richard. <laughs> Good <to be> here. <laughs> okay, so I gave you a little bit of a, a, a potted history there. Um, but yeah, could you just fill people in uh, on your backstory uh, uh, before we, we dive into this, this main topic, which I'm fascinated with uh, around non-duality and how, how we apply it in, uh, well, I suppose in any realm of life. Yep, yep. Um, my backstory in this sense is, is similar to yours and probably everyone else's in that uh, when I was young, I, I had this inkling in the back of my mind that life was more than it was cracked up to be. In, in other words, lo- there was something more to, this, to our existence other than Garrett Kramer, um, the oldest child of three living in a house in the suburbs in New Jersey, playing sports and going to school, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I, I would lie in my bed at night, I'm just going to say when I was around eight years old or whatever, and look at the ceiling and just talk out, say out loud to myself, like, what, what's going on here? Like, what, what is this all about? Because this can't be it. So there was some, like I said, I think like you and many, when we were young, we had these, this inkling in the back of our mind that there's something greater to our existence than I am here. I am this body. I am in this body. I have a short shelf life, uh, you know, 90 years, 70 years, 50 years, 100 years, whatever it is, 20 years. And also, I think like most people, I, I swept it under the rug. I swept this inkling. I, I pushed it back, suppressed it, or pushed it down swept it out of the rug because it was too weird and I wanted to be popular and I wanted to be cool. And, um, you know, I was a good athlete, so it wasn't hard to be popular. Actually, good athletes tend to be popular. Right. So I kept pushing this, this under the rug and, uh, became a, a really good, uh, ice hockey player, um, and played college hockey. And then after that became, uh, one of the top amateur golfers, not only in this area, but in, in the country. And all the while this inkling was needling me and needling me, but I kept pushing under the rug, pushing under the rug, got married, had kids, um, pushing under the rug, pushing under the rug. But somewhere, uh, around when our first, uh, child was born, which was 1992, um, and I already started intersports at this time. So, so that's a whole 
another story of how that came about. But in a, in a nutshell, that came about where um, I was. At, I actually went to see a sports psychologist, very famous sports psychologist, because I was thinking about making a run on the PGA Tour, trying to qualify for, at that time. Okay. And when I went to see him, I realized that the the current paradigm in sports psychology didn't jive for me. So this is part of the unveiling of that inkling. So, right. so uh, I'm glad I, I mentioned it. Uh, so, so what happened was he was giving me all types of tools and techniques in which I could become a better player you know, mentally stronger, more resilient, more powerful. And I simply asked him, um, uh, is the point of me being here to have a clearer mind so I can reach my potential or something? And he says, oh, absolutely. I said, well, in all due respect, now why are you giving me so much to do and think about? <laughs> so I, I was kind of a wise ass back then. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, a, I wasn't trying to be rude. I remember calling my wife, my fiance at the time, actually, on the way back. And uh, she's like so mad at me. Like, you can't treat me. Like, I, I just asked the question. I always, but the guy couldn't answer the question, all due respect. He didn't have the answer to this question. He he kind of said something along the lines of, well, once you process it, it becomes automatic. And I'm like, well, you're giving me things to do and hoping that those things then become automatic. It more, it seems like more clutter to me, more bailing of my own instincts and intuition, more bailing of myself, the self. I didn't know it was the self then. I still thought it was Garrett. But we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. So, so, so this inkling was starting to come out. It, it was starting to come out, and I decided to start this and on the drive back from Virginia, where he was located, to New Jersey, where my where I'm located. Six hour drive. Inner sports was born. So I I I quickly decided. I think my mission is to bring this inkling which I hadn't quite uh, identified yet, certainly not put words to it yet, uh, to the world of performance. That was, I, I realized on the way home, and I remember calling Liz back and saying, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And she's like, I support you whatever you want to do. Then I remember calling my father, and this is what I want to do. What do you think? He goes, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> like you have no training in what you're talking about. Like none. You're, yeah, you're, I'm you're, starting you're, a business, Dad. It's kind of on this inkling. I don't quite know what it is. He's like, go play golf and or coach hockey. Like, come on, this is ridiculous. Like, what are you? What are you even thinking about doing? And I'm like, oh gosh. So I got all nervous. You know, I was still my father, but but ultimately, I I um it it. We didn't have a name. Like I remember uh, when we got home, we had all these names lined up, Liz and I. Like one of them was like Intellisports, I remember. Anyway. And then somehow Intersports was one. And then we went with Intersports. And uh, we've been off to the races races ever since. So and we should so say that, that's the name of your consulting coaching company. Yeah. yeah, yeah for 28 that, years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, and, and it's, and we, so we started, simply, or I started simply by 
Now, luckily, sorry, I hate to be jumping around so much. So sure. just if I am just- I know, I'm following yeah. it. Okay. Good. So um, luckily through my sporting life, my life in both hockey and in golf, I had made or you know solidified some really cool relationships with people. And people always kind of saw me as an outside of the box kind of thinker. I was that way. I was also a prep school hockey coach and I, I came up with some things to make up for our deficiencies that were really outside of the box thinking. And we won some really cool games and championships. So I always, I was kind of known as that. And um, luckily through the relationships and people knowing me, um, I, I was able to jump right to the so-called major leagues. I didn't have to work at, at what we would call the lower level, although I'm, I was happy to do it and I still am. I'm more happy to do that now, by the way, uh, work with young, young people especially. But I went right to some uh, teams and players at, at the so-called highest level of sport and they started to, to, to play well and started to perform well. And it was only because I pretty much was telling them you don't need all these external tools, techniques, practices, vices. They're only getting in your way. And if you simply stay in the game is a term I use in my second book, just stay in the game and let the mind regulate, self-correct, so to speak. You'll, you'll, you'll reach your potential uh, far more easily and simply and more consistently than you would if you're using an external method, someone else's idea, which again, only clutters the mind, so to speak. And players naturally related to this because right. they were only doing those things because they figured that the experts knew better than them, but they didn't. They, they were struggling just like the players. They, they we're, all, we're all searching, seeking, um, you know, those fundamental questions that I had when I was an eight-year-old. Why are we here? Who are we? And they, we're all doing the best we can. So if we, if we kind of stay in the direction of that and don't use these external coping strategies, again, the mind all on its own will will find clarity. There, there's wisdom when our grandparents told us when we were upset, just get a good night's sleep mm. and you'll wake up in the morning refreshed. What was I what was I worried about? So there's 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 wisdom in that. And you know, I wrote this book called Still Power. Um and we just came up with the word still power, you know, made it a, a, a word. And it was the whole you don't have to read the book. The whole theme of the book is when you're when you're struggling, if you don't reach for the coping strategy, be it a an activity, um, another person, uh, a substance, then all on its own, the mind will regulate back to clarity. It's it's, it's how just how the body works, how the mind works. So, um, still power was a book of just you know, however many words, 70,000 words, just saying that <laughs> you, yeah. you don't have to buy the book. I promise, you know, if you want to, it's all good, but that's all the book is, that's all still power really means. And so, um, that book was written early in my career, published, uh, not as early, but uh, maybe five years later. And then things started to, to take off from there. Um, 
Interestingly enough, uh, and I'll just end with this, that um, we never made the, let's say like this, if a player was to call me uh, 28 years ago or tomorrow and say, hey, Garrett, um, you know, I know you've been working with these people or this team or this guy. Uh, I want to win a major championship in golf next year. I want to win the open championship next year. I want to, I want to play well in the majors. I want to win more money, whatever. My response will always be, I can't help you with that. <laughs> yeah, you say, maybe laugh out loud when it's in the book. Yeah, yeah. I was, did I write that in my new book? I don't well, even remember. A very similar anecdote. I don't know exactly yeah, the scenario. It was an agent that came to you in the book. Agent, that's right. There is a story about that agent, <laughs> right? And he, the, the, the player's agent reached out to me and I said that. And, and, and at first, they're like, well, then what do you do? Like, what's the point of all this? And I said, well, um, first of all, if I was to say that I could help you do that, or you're going to do that because of me, that that's just fraud. That's fraudulent. It's just no. There's n- we don't know. We, we th- there's just no chance that I'm that powerful <laughs> to do that for you. For you. And secondly, if if a person, if a player, if anyone is interested in the nature of who we are, back to that inkling, that eight year old inkling, if if and when someone is ready to explore that, that's where I think I can come in and I can be an asset. But I'm not an asset in that I'm imparting things. It's, yeah. it's a mutual journey back to that inkling and, and what that inkling was truly doing. So that's where I think, um, now I didn't, I wouldn't have, I always said, I can't help you with that. Even when I was 28 years old. I didn't know why. Like I hadn't quite figured out why that was yet, like what I just described. Oh. But I, I knew that it would be, in my opinion, maybe this is a little strong, but immoral to sell myself as someone who could help you win on the golf course or right. in the world of business or or whatever, or even having a better marriage or something. I, I just don't think that that's a reasonable um um, way to position yourself. So it was always letting, so then I realized what, what I'm really doing here is I'm, um, hand in hand, we're, we're, we're journeying, we're journeying back to source, back to who we are. And that's been the foundation of the business pretty much since day one. Right. But I can imagine the first response to that is, well, okay, that's all very well. And thank you, Garrett, you know, maybe you can help me get back to source, but I want to win a championship. How's that going to help me win a championship? Yes, that, exactly. And it that happens a lot. And there's a very, there's a very easy expo- answer to that question. It's very simple. Um, and, and by the way, I, I want to just preface that by saying, and I think you're going to relate and the audience will relate to what I'm going to say. I have, I have heard from famous athletes the day after they've won that championship. And you would be astonished that for many of them, that is the worst day of their life. Wow. Reason being, or the best way to describe why that is, 
is they have they have sought this championship. They have identified with this championship. They have convinced themselves or been convinced that that championship can bring them peace and happiness. And it's simply not true. So after the championship has been won, they and they don't feel one with source, let's say, which is the ultimate, well, we're all looking for. Of course, you can't be one with source when you're trying to be one with a championship, thinking the championship is going to get you to source. So, so, and thus, they're confused and anxious. And it's incredibly common, in- mm. incredibly common. And um, so, so the, the answer to, okay, I want, I great, that's all well and good, man, but I want to win a championship or said a different way. Okay. We can journey back to source, but what's practical about that? Like I have yeah. to live a life is, and I think we're going to get into this. So the, this yeah. confuses the audience a little bit, just bear with it. Any method, strategy, practice, search, activity, substance, relationship that holds in place the fundamental misunderstanding that in truth, I am Garrett, I am this body, in truth, is impractical because you are holding in place a misunderstanding, a lie. So, of course, if we keep trying to attain championships, that is holding, as the source of being happy or your identity or whatever, you are holding in place the light. Now, conversely, if we go inward, so to speak, let's call it mind into heart, as opposed to the mind chasing in the material world. And we discover, or at least we touch on our true nature, which we can get into, but let's just yeah. second say our infinite and eternal nature, our free, being free, our true nature, being uh, at peace, our true nature. And then you get a glimpse of that and then you jump into the game of life, so to speak, from that place of pure freedom, that's practicality. So if you're in the game of life as a limited and lacking insecure entity, nothing practical about that because that's not true. If you're in the game as pure consciousness, pure freedom, pure love, know yourself as that. And then as I said, jump in the game. Now you're, now you're free. Now you're passionate. Um, those are those moments where we, we realize like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? What did I just achieve? I, I don't even recall doing it. That's where we lose ourselves in the activity or in the game of life. Right. So to me, that is practical. 
I think we've got the whole shooting match backwards. And I think that that's what I realized when I went to see the, that sports psychologist many, many years ago. Not his fault. Clearly not his fault. And by the way, I could be wrong. <clears throat> but as I see it, that's why we're in human beings are kind of in perpetual seeking mode. Right. We're trying to find our identity, our well-being, love, quite frankly, in material the material world. And it's it's a dog chase tail quest. Right. Right. Well, there's a ton in there. Um I yeah. thought I'd start with the the first thing you said. So it's a lie. So I am Richard. I am this body. I've got blonde hair. I'm six foot. I'm that you're saying that that's a lie, right? That's one of the first things you said there. And, and it's, oh, shit. and because of that, it's impractical for me to think in those terms. But, for, no, 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 it's not impractical for you to think in those terms. It's, it would be impractical for you to take that as true. Take that as true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, so there may be people out there listening to this thinking, well, how is that not true? Right. I am who I am. Like, yeah, should we start there and <laughs> keep going after yeah. that? Um, now, you, if we really want to go for it, I can pretty much at least give you a glimpse and hopefully the audience a glimpse on how that's not true. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Now I'm going to ask you questions. So you're kind of the foil. This is, this sure. is, this is the journey. This is yeah, what yeah. the journey would look like. I'm not saying it would be 15 minutes into the journey, but we're, we're uh, cramming for the exam here. So it's all good. Fun. So let me ask you, let me ask you, um, uh, and I, I don't want you to believe what I'm saying. I, as we speak, I, I want you to, um, check in with your own experience and, and as you answer, like, don't, I don't want to lead you. So just before you answer, just check in with your own experience and, if it doesn't jive the direction we're going, then just stop me and spin the questions around and start asking me questions. Sure. Okay. Really important, by the way, and this is important, I think, for everyone to know that if if someone keeps talking like me and something kind of goes over your head, which is, that's just an expression, um, and, and I keep talking and you're a member of the audience and you're not, it's not lining up with your experience and I keep going, then what I'm saying becomes indoctrination rather than the opposite. So, so we don't want that to happen. I get, I'll get too far down the road and it'll be a, just a, it'll be like, oh, I didn't understand a word that I said. How, but that's why it's really important not to believe what I say or anyone says. Rather, check in with your own experience and if it's not jiving, either walk out which is what I tell people, or because okay, if it just doesn't interest you, it's fine. Or really drill down and ask me questions, hard questions, even be critical mm -hmm. if, if, if need be, it's fine. Okay. So, so, um, question. Has any object, and by object, I mean anything that is known. Okay. So a thought yeah. is an object. Uh, this hand is an object. This computer I'm looking at is an object. Yeah. A feeling, a circumstance, all object. Anything that can be known is an object. Okay? Okay. Yeah. 
Has any object ever been found outside of consciousness, or let's call consciousness for the purpose of this discussion, the universe? Has any object ever been found outside of the universe? No. Okay. Now, we don't want to say that it can't be. Again, back to our experience, yeah. it tells us, as far as we know, that's never happened. Okay? Okay. So, and again, if any questions, just stop me. Yeah, so, of course. So that, no, would no. Mean, that would mean that there's no outside of the universe. Right. Or we don't know of an outside of the universe. Yeah. All objects arise and dissolve within the universe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is it then fair to say that just like all the whirlpools in the sea are made of the sea, that all the objects that arise within the universe or within consciousness or within God's infinite being, whatever word you want to use is fine, are made of the universe, are made of that space? Yes. Okay. So now what we have is we have in our experience that all things are made of the same essence. And we're calling that essence the universe or consciousness or God's infinite being or love, whatever. Yeah. And these are all the words that have been used. Okay. So all things are made of consciousness, the universe. So then who are you? You see, the, I am part of that. Okay. Now, I'm going to prove that what you just said is not correct. Okay? Good. Let's take a feeling or a thought. Objects. Okay? Where do they arise? In me. Okay. Okay. Now, who are you? Objects arise within me. Okay. Yeah, I am the universe. Okay. We actually have no direct experience that we are having this conversation through the eyes of a person. I know it sounds crazy, but if you break it down and you look at it, all things arise either separate from me, outside of me, or they arise here, which we can call within me. Mm. And we have to pick our poison, so to speak. Like we have to decide which one of those is true. Yes, 99% of the people that I would argue arise within, but hold that for a second, of people would say, all things happen at a distance from me. But I would not. I would say all things happen within you, consciousness, are made of you, consciousness, and are known by you, consciousness. And I would also contend that once that becomes a felt experience, a truth, let's say, you will find peace, love, and happiness. You might say presence and passion um, become more dependable norms. Again, right. a world where everything happens separate from me is a, is a world of disharmony, disunity, a world where everything happens within and is made of me is, is a world of, of love, of, of, of um, peace 
and yeah. happy. And I, I would contend that the reason Intersports is still around after all these years is because once realized, again, not a cause and effect, it just is my experience that we tend to do some really cool shit in the world <laughs> when we <laughs> grab hold of that. And it's not really from that personal, desperate perspective. It's more intuitive, natural, and, and freeing. And um, I, I bet my career on it, quite frankly, um, many years ago. And um, uh, I've, never, I've never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. So if I accept that it's not the truth that, that I am Richard, that I am this, this, this thing that I think I am, right? That I, but I am the universe. I guess th then what, right? That, that, that's what's interesting to me. Like, uh, then, then what else is true? I suppose is where my mind is going. Well, it's almost like, yeah, that's terrific. It's, it's almost like we put that foundational truth aside for a second, which is exactly how this would work. And, and we then start to ask ourselves, okay, and this is in the, the book also, mm. um, what, what do I know for certain? Like what do I, that's, this is the journey of self-realization, self-inquiry, self-surrender. Um, uh, this is, this is the journey. What beyond the shadow of a doubt do I know to be true? And it, it'll blow your mind. It'll, it, you'll actually find your way back to the initial questions we just went through. Yeah. Because you'll have something like, what do I know for true? Okay, um, I'm an American. Well, sure. Did I always know that? Did or, or did someone tell me that? I am an American. No, not true. Not not true. I don't mind being an American, by the way. So I don't live like being in the world, so to speak, as an American. It's fine. I'm not or a man or the things that you were talking about before about yeah. your when you described Richard, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind being in the world like that. It's fine, but I am not truly an American. That's just a label that someone put on some kid who grew up in New Jersey because it's doesn't mean it. It's like not a and 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 we see the. And this is a real American problem, actually, in my opinion. Like you see what happens when human beings identify as an American. Like that is at my core who I am. This nationalism arises and an arrogance arises and a blindness arises and an unacceptance of others arises that is not helpful. So, so there's one example. We see it today in the world of all these people seeking identity in things that their gender or their, it's not, no, 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 no. That's not your identity. That's just a label. You, you're, you're, seek, you're seeking solace in a label, in, in an illusion. 
and it's a very real illusion, but it's not, it's still an illusion nevertheless. So, so again, we start asking our question, ourselves and that becomes our guiding light. What do we know for sure? What do we know for sure? And, and the result of that would then be a questioning of all these societal structures on your way back home to self, capital S, to who you truly are. And it's quite freeing. It's quite freeing. Now, of course, along the way, which I say a lot in the books, I want to remind people because it's going to happen as they read, that ego, ego, which is simply described as the offshoot of the belief that I am the body, that this is who I am, will will rise up and, and try to bring you back into this limited lacking uh, existence it, it will it will make it will it will it will just drive you crazy it'll kick at you and scream at you and try to drag you into the material world for solace and for salvation um and that's where having someone along with you on the journey comes in because it's helpful to um not think something is wrong with you when that happens it's quite natural yeah uh, to kind of go back and forth and the veil's there, then the veil's gone, blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, and, but, but ultimately what do I know for certain is, is such a powerful question. And it's such a, in my mind, such a cool thing to explore. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think you allude to there that it could be uncomfortable taking on, taking on this, this quest or these questions, and in fact, there's a that experiment you talk about in the book. It, you're, you're asking if, if there was a six month period and somebody could choose like therapy and life coaching, counseling, or they could choose staying in this inquiry about what's true. Those in the latter camp, those just taking on this this inquiry into self realization, perhaps would feel more discomfort than if they took on you know, being coached in a more traditional way. Right? It's so, right, this is true, and and there's a there's actually a very profound um, basis for that. So, we are we are programmed, as we've kind of touched on, to be seeking machines, human beings. Like like you seek happiness in our marriage, seek uh, security and money. Seek fame on TikTok. It's just, it's the nature of, of being a temporary, uh, if this is who we are, then that would all make sense. So, so that's the material, that's the material world right there. And, and what you find is that, that um, go back to life coaching or therapy, seek comfort in therapy. It's another thing we do. So, 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 or seek answers in your past traumas and, and all this stuff, right? So what, what tends to happen is uh, someone, someone meets a fantastic counselor, a, a, a person who ultimately truly cares, may not even be in this direction, but is such a loving man or woman that they, they're successful because they just love people. They're just nice. They're just good, so to speak. And what happens is, if, to use this example, and now, now you can replace this loving counselor with uh, a, a championship, um, money, um, even a non-duality teacher, 
in the beginning. Okay. So, 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 um, a new, a new, uh, relationship, a, 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 you, you meet a, a, a new, uh, partner, um, in life. So you can replace it with any object. What happens is as, because we're seeking beings, we're this, this, uh, murmur of stress and accompany us this everywhere. As soon as we think we found the thing, the thing that's going to bring us peace, yeah. that's what we're taught. There is a temporary cessation of seeking. We found it. And when we stop seeking, we return home to peace, to love, mm. to the true self. Problem is, we think it's because of the object, the counselor, the money, the TikTok fame, the championship. But it's not because of that. It's because we stop seeking. So we have made a connection that is not true. It's the cessation of seeking that brings us relief, peace, brings us back home, not the object that it looks like caused us to stop seeking. Right. And, and, and this is why in sport, let's say, sports psychologists, players go through sports psychologists like Handy. They find a sports psychologist, he or she gives the player a tip or technique. They think they found it. They stop seeking it. They're good, they're home. But that misunderstood, but it starts ramping up again. Because that's not that's not true. Because the so seeking that, mind finds, oh, but I, then I could pr improve this, or then I could take seeking this mind jumps back into action and now wants more. So then, but that technique will no longer work because now they're seeking with the, the next technique, next thing, like you said. So they say, oh, they call the psychologist up and say, oh, I need a new technique, and then it works again. But it's not never the technique. So we start to rely on the object that it never was the object in the first place. This is why marriages crumble way too often because we're, we're thinking that the mate is what brought us peace, but the mate's not what brought us peace. We stop seeking and thus we found peace. Then we start to think that it's in the mate. Then the mate starts doing things that we don't like. Wait, you're not bringing me peace anymore. <laughs> so, we, so we put a we put an expect level of expectation on our husband or wife or partner that can never be lived up to because it was never the partner in the first place. It was the cessation of seeking that brought us back home. That actually, just as an aside, is what intimacy is. It's the cessation of seeking. That's intimacy. Right. So, so um, that is kind of the, the, uh, that's the illusion of the technique. And this is going back to that psychologist that I saw. This is what I realized. He's not going to do this. I didn't quite know what I had stumbled on yet, but I had stumbled on what I would say is a fact, is the truth, that, that it, an object cannot bring you peace. Now, that is why in self-realization, because we are so programmed to seek, we say, okay, Here's what we're going to do. Let's not seek the object. Let's not seek uh, in the material world. Let's seek who we are. Let's seek to know who we truly are. So that is a, a holding still. That is not a step away from self. 
That is, I'm here. We're going to go inward and seek the essence of self. I always say that self-exploration starts out as seeking, but soon we surrender. Soon we surrender. Right. Because isn't there a contradiction if we're saying we go, if I'm going in, well, I'm going inside myself, well, then I'm still in dualism, right? The- yes. But, but, but we, we have to make, in my opinion, my opinion, we make a concession to the seeking mind, to ego. Mm. And we kind of turn it on its head and we play a little trick on it. And we say, we know you like to seek. Okay, cool. Let's, instead of seeking that, let's stay home and let's, let's have some self-inquiry. Let's just stay right here. Knowing there's no step from you to you, let's just stay here and we'll, 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 we'll look at these uh, supposed truths on the journey back to who we are, on the journey back to the true self. And soon the ego's like, oh, wait, it's, oh, I got nowhere to go. I'm here. And, and so we're almost taking the fact that, again, we're so programmed to seek. We don't say, don't seek. That's stupid. That's not, that's not going to work. We're, we're, it's, we're programmed to seek. We take this, our training, and we say, we're going to seek. We're going to stay here. I can't help you with the championship, as I said earlier, but, but we can go inward, so to speak. We can go inward. Um, yeah. And that's, that's the journey. And, and it's, it's as, Hopefully this conversation is, it's fun. It's in, I don't think there's anything more interesting. Um, I could talk about it. That's why when I do a, a um, talks, workshops, they're not a couple hours. They're all day. Right. They're all day. I let people break for lunch, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're all day. And, and, and it, and even. Like, eight well, hours, you let them have the illusion that they're having lunch. I, yeah. I let them have the, think they're breaking, but, but we, uh, and even after that type of day, and I say, okay, it's going to be 10 to five, whatever. We, we're still going at seven always. Right. I mean, the questions are still coming and we're still kicking them around and um, it's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So, so I'll, be, I'll be straight with you here because I'm feeling a little yes. challenged by this conversation, right? Because I've dedicated maybe 15 years of my life, like the, uh, uh, you know, this last chunk of my life to therapy. It's been the mo- like my primary focus, right? Yeah, I've done my coaching, I've had my career, and I've done all that. But like my number one, and I've also had kids and so on. But my like, I've really put pr- pretty much therapy as number one, and, and all of, and the work I've done on releasing my traumas. And <laughs> so, the way that I'm r- rationalizing like this conversation is to say, oh, well, yeah, that helped me prepare to be more capable of taking on these questions and be sort of more emotionally stable. And I have more recently found meditation and I've started to get more interested in, you know, messages like yours and so on. And I feel like I'm opening myself up to spirit or source, if you like, to a greater degree. Yeah. And I tell myself it's this therapy that's helped me to get to this place so that I'm able to do that. But equally, there's this niggling question, which is like, did you really need to do that 15 years? Could you not have just like dived in? Am I just telling myself that? Can I really have just gone straight to these set of questions over a decade ago and kind of skipped all the therapy? Just, you know, that's where well, I'm at. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's um, 
part of the journey in and of itself, which are that questioning. Although I, I can tell you pretty confidently that while in my opinion, you didn't need conventional therapy. The answer to your question though, is could I have just skipped that 15 years is no. Right. So, 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 so this, the script, so to speak, is playing out as it will. You, you, you can't manually override the playwright. Uh, sorry. I mean, you're just an actor. You, you have no, you just, you're not that, you're not that, you know, you're not that, you know, so to speak, the Richard is what I'm yeah. talking about in this case. So, so, you know, life will, will play out as it, as it needs to, as it will. And that is one of, that is an incredible realization in and of itself. And, and in my opinion, that I, I hope that that released some burden mm. and, and, and be, because no, you didn't waste 15 years. It, it's how this, it's how the journey uh, is playing out the only way it can play out. And it's like, you're the dreamer and the dream is playing out within you and you have no say on how that dream plays out within you. Just like go back to the sea and the whirlpool analogy, the sea knows that all those whirlpools are made of it and are known by it and can't arise outside of it, but it doesn't control when they come and go. So it's not in the controlling where the comfort is, so to speak. It's in the knowing that mm. it's all me. And none of these whirlpools, ultimately, the, 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 how they play out isn't controlled by me. But even more important, none of those whirlpools, even the violent ones, can't damage me. Uh, once they dissolve, oh my God, wait, I'm good. They're made of me. So, so the sea doesn't try to, the mistake of the human experience is we try to control the whirlpools. We try to do, how do you do it? How do you, what's the method? What's the strategy? What I'm pointing to here, hopefully, is know who you are. Thus, know what those whirlpools are made of. And then when you see it, you'll realize, oh my God, those whirlpools, what I mean by that is those thoughts, those feelings, those events, they, they can't damage me. Wait, I'm whole no matter what. And I'm always going to be whole. I'm the sea. I am the sea, yeah. I, or I am the universe. All the planets could blow up tomorrow. And guess what? The universe remains the same. And, and that's, what I, that's what I'm pointing to. So back to the, the therapy. The, the therapy was a whirlpool in the sea. It, it was part of how this journey is playing out for you. And it's cool. It's, 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 it's the way it played out. And you're not in control of how it played out. Yeah. Yeah. And but, but what does make sense to me absolutely is your your description of that cycle of seeking and and relief, right? Because that yeah, that part of me that wants it, I, I've healed another part of myself. Like I've 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 kind of managed to let go of that compulsion or that addiction or or whatever or that belief. Like I, I definitely recognize that pattern in my own. You know, <laughs> here we go, like self healing, right? That but that. That pattern was, yeah, really resonates. And I, I, I think that's true. We, we're taught that. I mean, we are, you were, you didn't, that, we're taught that that's, 
this part of the cycle to healing, you know? Um, so it's ultimately not true, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it wasn't again, how the journey was going to play out. And I, 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 I can tell you that, um, I I have many, I'm 61 years old, so to speak. And I have many, um, I have many so-called traumatic events in, in my life. Um, like, like anyone. And in the, in the moment, and it, not, not all traumatic, even little things that drove me crazy, <laughs> like things that shouldn't drive anyone crazy. Um, but, and in the moment they're, they're quite, uh, I sometimes blame myself, especially for the little things that drive me crazy. I, I always have a, have a thing that a habit of saying, you know, people are suffering and you're worried about this. Like, what, what are you doing? Like you, you've got so much more purpose to get bogged down in this nonsense. I, I'll talk to myself like that and I'll be hard on myself. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, by the way. Right. But, but, but as I do that, as I do that, and I would say insecurity, confusion, possibly even anger starts to arise within me. I've been around a, a long enough to know that that that's the sign that I'm on the wrong track. So, so let's just call that blanket sensation insecurity that arises when we overlook the nature of who we are and how life will play out. So, so when that overt sensation we're calling insecurity arises, unfortunately, from a young age, we're taught to fix it. It's no good. Insecurity, no mm -hmm. good. Confidence, good. So we're taught to replace it. We're taught to talk ourselves through it. We're taught to cope. When in fact, insecurity, this overt sensation was arising as a reminder that we were overlooking the nature of our infinite and eternal being. We're taking ourselves to be a limited and lacking Garrett in this case. Okay. So like you, what we tr then tried to do, we got into a cycle of trying to fix the message, the, 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 the message from God, you could even say that was saying, no, right. no, no, you're good. You're good. So I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to stay on to you until you wake up. Right. But, but what we do is we keep trying to cope when in fact, that insecurity is arising as a messenger saying, you're fine. You're, you're seeking in the material world for answers. Hold still. So, so luckily for me, at this stage of the game, I was never someone who reached for substances. I, I never, I, I like natural health. I just have always been into that. But, but um, um, I did, I would do things like over, go for long runs or beat up my body or, or just self-blame. And now... I kind of hang in the suffering. I hang with it. I hang with it knowing that it has no ability to dent me. I, I, I'm not playing that game with ego. I remember many years ago when my son Jackson, who's now 29, um, we were having ice cream. We were eating ice cream. 
and he's probably five years old. I, I don't remember. And he took a lick of ice cream and I looked at him and I could tell he was having a brain freeze. But he didn't say anything to me. So I watched him. So after I knew it had passed a couple of minutes, I said, hey, hey, buddy, like, I saw you were having this brain freeze. Like, like you didn't really seem to care that much about it. Like, you just didn't say anything to me. He goes, dad, why would I talk about it? It's going to be gone in a second. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really smart. So he, yeah. he had this intuitive knowing that this horrible brain freezes are a product. They're not easy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I've been Whoa. doing cold bathing recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so but... He kind of had this knowing like, just don't do anything. Just hang with it. You're going to be good. And he didn't tend to it just knowing how the system worked, knowing who he was. He's, he's bigger than a brain freeze. Why am I going to tend to a stupid brain freeze? It's got nothing over, over me. Thus, he never really suffered that much. It wasn't a problem for him. Sadly, we're taught to cope with the brain freezes. I'm just using that as a metaphor yeah. and then hold them in place rather than recognizing that these messengers are telling us, yo, 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 um, hey, Superman, you're not Clark Kent. So stop acting like Clark Kent, yeah. you're Superman. And um, so uh, it's, it's a, as I said early on in this conversation, it's like we do self-correct. We do the veil, the veil on the true self, provided we don't tend to it, can't hang around for long. And even if it does, that's okay too. Because right. that veil has no ability to suppress the truth, the truth. I always say to, to players very early on in discussions who, who have want to use coping strategies in order to excel. I asked him one simple question. I said, have you ever excelled when you were feeling like crap? The answer is always, yeah, a lot. Well, I said, well, what do you, then why do you need the mental strategy? Yeah. I, then I say, have you ever played crappy? Like when you were feeling great? Oh yeah, that's happened too. Well, wait, wait. So in other words, have you ever played crappy when your mind was so-called clear? Oh yeah, that's happened to me. Wait, so why are you trying to clear your mind? It, you, you're actually trying to play better by clearing your mind, but you also have played bad when you've cleared your mind. So what? why are you trying? We've created this whole business has been created in the world of performance, at least, over something that's not even true when you look at your direct experience. Yeah. Not, not even true. And I, I think that, oh, luck, it's lucky for me, like I kind of had a sense of that way back when, when I was, even though my father thought I didn't know anything, I hadn't studied anything. And I think that that actually helped me in my career. Yeah. And, and you said earlier, like most people, I, I don't know, maybe most people do having things like that when they're young, but I certainly didn't. Like, I, I, I think I was completely, if you like, in the illusion, right? I was like, I'm Richard, you know, I want to get my tea. I want to go with my bike. I, I don't have any rec recollection, even at any stage of my childhood of, of even thinking about anything beyond my immediate direct experience i i think i was kind of consumed in the world 
you know, there may have been periods that I can't recall. Sure, but sure. Certainly, sure. I don't. Um, I don't have a recollection of ever having that sort of broader wonder. I, I, have you? But but you do have a recollection. Uh, well, do you have have a recollection of that insecurity I mentioned? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, insecure. Well, I suppose around f- my my status with my friends, and you know, certainly like various insecurities about kind of l- l- life as a child. Well, so in other words, insecurity arose, and then you went outside, and you attached that to these different circumstances. Yeah, with what you're taught to. What we're, that's part of the trying to fix the insecurity. Yeah. So, so where I would say that that the overt sensation of insecurity was that inkling. Okay. And, 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 and we, are, we are taught, again, to look outside for the source of what we think is happening in... Sorry, we're taught that there is an outside. <laughs> so we look outside for the source of what's arising inside, and we make a connection that doesn't exist, which you just did even now you said uh, i i i had insecurity around this that and the other thing when you insecurity arose there's no uh why there's no uh cord from that insecurity to attach to this event it's 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 an illusion it's it's not the reason why insecurity arises these sensations arise and we then are taught to connect them to these events when all things are arising within us in uh, indiscriminately all right. things arising so so again we're taught that inner is feelings and thoughts and since it emotions all that stuff and outer is the event but it's all inner there is no outer <laughs> again nothing can happen outside of the sea so these these Sensations, as you said, I asked you where do they arise and within yeah. me, are arising within you. It's kind of like um, if the sound of a car occurs, traffic. I have been taught that that sound is happening on a highway two miles from here. But that sound cannot happen without me, at least in my experience. Mm. That sound is happening here within me. It's here. It's not there. Yeah. It can only be here. And this is part of the reckoning that that is fascinating in in my humble opinion. It's fascinating to see it and play around with it. So again, we we are taught that thoughts and feelings and stuff happen within me. Of course, no one's ever found a thought or a feeling in a body as crazy as it that sounds. It's true. Neuroscientists, as I talk about in the book, can't even find what what makes a body have feelings like they they don't haven't figured it out they've tried for 150 years to figure this out and they can't figure it out and i would say well that's because thoughts and feelings don't arise in a body they arise in consciousness right they don't arise out there they arise within consciousness so it all arises within me consciousness and it's all made of me consciousness now that's a whole different shooting match. I remember giving a talk, I think it was in London, and 
uh, a beautiful woman in the front row actually raised her hand and said, oh my God, I just realized that my positive thoughts and my positive experiences and my negative thoughts and my negative experiences are all made of consciousness. Right. What are you going to do with them? Where are they going to go? Like, where exact, how are we going to kick these ne- so-called negative things out? Like, where are they, there's nowhere for them to go. You've already welcomed them. Like, now you're going to try to boot them out? Like, how, they've arisen. Recognize them for what they are and stay in the game. Right. Right. Something else that occurred to me as you were speaking was when you, you spoke earlier about identity and labels. If if we all take this path and lose all att- attachment to labels, like I'm I'm a man, I'm an English man, or, you know, I am straight, etc. Isn't isn't that one of the ways that we organize each other as 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 human beings? Is that's what I'm also wrestling with. Isn't, isn't that the sort of power and value in, in labels and in, if you like, in, indulging in that illusion in order for us to have you know, a, a better experience of life in some way as a collective of humans? I can answer that in two ways. So the first way is that how does it work so far? <laughs> like it's not working out so i don't know if it ever has worked out well a matter of fact i i know a little bit about history it's not really my favorite thing but i don't know i don't know there's ever been a period of love peace prosperity mutual prosperity and whatever i, I just don't quite see that working for us that's one that's just one way the second way is and, and kind of more so-called practical. What self-realization will ultimately do is eradicate the belief in duality, the belief that things happen outside of me or separate from me, that, 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 that uh, you do not share my being, the belief that you do not share my being. So, I know for a fact that you, that you share my being, that we share a being, that you arise within me and are made of me. I, I know this for a fact. I'm telling you, I'm positive that that's true. Right. I'm not telling you what to know for a fact. I'm, I'm speaking from my perspective. However, however, once the belief goes, the illusion of duality remains that doesn't go also so i'm not i'm not would never say that i look around and i see consciousness everywhere no i see the elements of my office i see the couch i see my phone the clock the window i see you i i however i know those things as consciousness as i know the essence of all things is the same. And when I overlook that and that overt sensation of insecurity arises, I am brought back to it. Mm. So, so, so first answer was, well, I think that 
frankly, I think that without, with materialism, which I'm defining in this case as the belief that there is me here and there is you out there. Yeah. Okay. Materialism. As the foundation of our culture, we're screwed because our starting place is incorrect, is a lie. Mm -hmm. So if our starting place is a lie, then everything downstream is going to be a, a worse, is going to be a mess. Yeah. So, so I'm suggesting that it, it'll never work. And, and this has been the, 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 uh, the second coming as we often hear is, is exactly what I'm describing. It is the, the foundation will flip to one of union. We, we are, we are, we share a being and not until the foundation flips to, we share a being in truth. Will the world know peace? It, it's, right. it's that simple. Um, and I, I even think of, of, of uh, events that have transpired over the last three years as arduous in many respects as they've been, I, I actually think they're part of the calling back to source, back home. So, so you know, look at a, look at um, a loving marriage. Look at a loving marriage. A loving marriage, in my opinion, is not built on seeing the other's perspective and working hard and all to whatever. I, I don't know what they say, but but it's it's actually built on the truth that you and I share a being. That that my wife is a modulation of me consciousness. We, we share a being, the absence of the personal. Again, that's intimacy. The absence of the personal. You and I don't exist. Liz and I don't exist. But intimacy could be in this conversation also. You and I don't exist. With the, our pets, it's very easy because there's no personal stuff in the way. So, so yeah. I, I, think that, I think that it's the, um, what we're talking about, I'm not, I'm not using it as a tool for world peace. I am saying not until we recognize our infinite and eternal shared being will the world know peace. If we are looking at life from the perspective of a limited, lacking, temporary, separate entity, that so-called entity, ego, will always be seeking and taking and putting itself first. Yeah. And, and, and so, so I will, I will say that, uh, not only, um, is it practical to know who you're to, to get to, just to know the essence of self in daily life. It's also, uh, it's also the journey to a, a more, more peaceful and loving world. Right. And I'm, I'm inspired by that vision. I'm also, um, pessimistic about the chances of us reaching there. I, and I'm thinking specifically about a stat that somebody shared at presentation recently. And it's something along the lines of 70% of men, if given the choice between taking an electric shock and 15 minutes with their own thoughts, would choose the electric shock. And something like 40% of the women 
electric shock or 15 minutes would choose the electric shock. It, it, it seems interesting to me that we are not predisposed to dwell in questions for a prolonged period like who am I or what is true, uh, etc. Do, 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 do you agree with my cause for pessimism oh, there? Oh, oh no. Oh, well, well um, first, I, I, I understand what you mean, but I, I think we actually are predisposed. We, we have been indoctrinated away from that predisposition. Uh-huh. So, so I think we are predisposed. I mean, all you have to do is look at a young child living in wonder and purpose and love to know that, that, that they're just, and of course what happens is, you know, little Jane is looking out the window in first grade class, looking at the star, looking in her own thoughts, free as it looking out. And the teacher says, no, you focus here, focus here. You have ADD. The labels begin when, when she was living in pure, what we would call oneness. And we then, so we are predisposed to that very, it is at the essence or the core of who we are. But also, I've got six-year-old twin boys. They also flip into ego in an instant, right? And they fight each other and they get competitive and they, they okay. constantly, okay. right? I mean, Well, yeah. hang on. So, so, so again, again, um, yeah, that is, that is learned. Now, we're getting, we're getting into a, a sticky, like, we can, we're, we're getting into the personal a little bit. So we have to be careful because there are, we have to, we have to understand that um, there is inherited uh, levels, that there are inherited levels of dysfunction. There, there just are. But that's, we're talking about the body now. So I don't really think it's helpful to get into this conversation here. But, but the, the society in which your sons were born into is breeding that. If you have any job, in my opinion, as a parent, and I had two boys, um, I have two boys, 31 and 29 and a daughter, 26. Um, if, if you have any job as a parent, and I would, I'm only, uh, I would say my, our role as parents and what we based our whole parenting structure on was, um, trying our best to not allow the do's and don'ts of society to come to hover on them to 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 let to, to let freedom reign even to the extent of having no rules in our house now that's not i'm not suggesting that and i, I don't know that we had no rules i'm not a pushover by any means like that but but in other words not to to put bars around them as as children, and um, um, I guess it's worked okay. I, they're all pretty cool. I love them, and they they seem to be contributing pretty uh, well to society. But their their reach is if you think about it like this. Um, I, I write about this in the book too. I think I do. <laughs> the book a couple of years ago. You can't remember, but I. Uh, a child is born into the world and, and um, that child is living in passion and purpose and wonder for the most part. It's, the, it's, it's what they are and it's who they are. But there becomes this, this 
tipping point where they're where they start to buy in to the labels that society puts on them. I am a boy. I am British. I am, uh, my name is so-and-so. I yeah. play sports. I have a number. Uh, I sit in this desk. I sleep. So they, they start to, they, so, so this inner knowing that they are infinite eternal consciousness at their core starts to become overridden by I am Johnny, I am Jane. And I always thought my role as a parent was to, to kind of keep this thing tipping in this direction back home to my kids. And, um, you know, if that, once that tipping point hit, hits, what, what then happens is stuff like you described some conflict later during teenage years, anxiety, insecurity, and rather than hanging in there with it and understanding it, coping. So we all did it when we were th that age. We had various vices we used. Mm. And, 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 and then later in life, mm. very much later in life, I'm talking about deathbed later in life, you start to realize like, what the fuck did I just do? And you see confessions of a dying person. You've right. read these types of things. And if you read those, you'll see they're all about returning back home because they are returning back home. But they, we start to um, um, wonder, like, I just sought objects. I just try to solidify this non-existent self, separate self, for 82 years. What did I just do? So, so my suggestion is, wait, let's, let's, Look at that before we're on our so-called deathbeds. Let's look at it now. And I think that if more people would do that, they'll get more out of this existence, more out of life, and the world would be a, a more peaceful place. Right. Um, with, with less authority, for sure. No need for authority. Um, and uh, live and let live. And let live. Um, no mandate segregation and all that stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> no masks. What is, what is that? No masks in that. Like, what are we doing? Like, we're, we're, this is, this can't, yeah, that's how you knew it was all, something's not right here. So, yeah, we, you know, I, I, I get these calls from parents sometimes and, and they say, well, can you meet with my son or daughter? And how, how old is your son or daughter? Oh, she's, she's 14. Like, I'll, I'll tell you what, why don't you, why don't you and I set up a time to meet? Let, 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 let's, let, let you and I set up a time to meet. And then you take it from there. And so I, I'd simply point parents to the fact that this is, these kids at, at, around that age are at that tipping point where the do's and don'ts of society are starting to really consume them. Thus, confusion and suffering abounds. I'm not being myself, so to speak. I bought in. I'm becoming programmed by this society that's telling me what I have to do and how I have to be. And thus, that's a, that's a, that's a tough place for a young person to be. And if we can kind of flip that back home, I think that um, we're headed for a, a, a better life, so to speak. So right. that's why, as I said earlier, my career has kind of come full circle where I enjoy talking about young people 
and helping young people more than I do the professional athlete or the, or the, because I think that, that this is where, um, the rubber is going to meet the road. I think that, that young people are where they understand this better. They get it. Um, they appreciate it. Um, I get, I speak to high schools or something and then the faculty will have a problem, but then I get all these notes from the student, like, that's awesome. That was all I get. Very interesting. Um, and it's not the, it's not the, uh, faculty or, or, or it's not their fault. They're trying to figure all this out where the kids are like, finally, this is so right. Like this is, I can be me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you got. That's all you got. Yeah. It's fascinating what you've, all of it, all of that, which you've just said. Uh, yeah. And as I, as, as I reflect, what, what is fascinating about my kids is they, they are, very interested. You're, you're absolutely right. They are very interested in these bigger questions. What is God? Who is God? Uh, is God everywhere? Is God in the steering wheel, Daddy? How could God? How could God be inside the steering wheel? Like these kind of questions and speculations, you, you yeah, you generally don't hear from adults. Um, well, they're afraid. It's too weird. Like I said before, with me, I was afraid people were going to think I was crazy to say those type of things. And your your children are just. It's a pure wonder. And, and it's so interesting how it's so in the direction of what's true. Is God in the steering wheel? Is the steering wheel made of God? Well, yeah. Like all things are made of, we taught, we said it before. It has to be that way. They're on it. They're on it. Um, what we don't want them to, to, to think, though, is that the steering wheel is consciousness or the steering wheel is God. Because right. is it, because we get in this, that's, that's more of the lie. In other words, that gives the, the, that, no, this computer is not God. This computer, however, is made of God, but mm. God is certainly not made of a computer. <laughs> so, so all things are made appear within God and are made of God or consciousness. Yet, mm. yet God is not made of those things. This is actually a very important distinction that your boys are, are on. Right, it, yeah, it's essential. We it gets really part of my illusion, all the and their illusion, right? Um, the steering wheel. All I can say is, all I could know is my own perspective. So, a steering wheel, like any object, is arising with. It can only arise here within me, here and now. It cannot arise separate from me. I know nothing of it other than what I know. Like without me, there's no steering wheel. Mm. Uh, it's just it's a stupid obvious it's blatantly important and it just sounds stupid but it's wait i mean you mean anthony fauci a man i disagree with everything that comes out of his mouth with all due respect not blaming him i disagree with everything that comes out of his mouth that man cannot be here without me now you could say well if you die i'll still be here no i don't know that I can only go by my experience. So my experience is this man I disagree with about everything is not separate from me. We share a being. That's important to know because if he's mm. separate from me, he's my enemy. We're in conflict. Mm. I can then disagree with this modulation of me. I can have a discussion with him, hopefully. We could debate, we could, but he's not separate from me. Matter of fact, I would even go as far to say that he arises 
to help me clear up the illusion. Uh, he cannot, he, he is reflective of my own limitations, my own misunderstanding. That's what he is. Right, right. Now that's a whole different ball game than he's communist China and I got to defeat him. It's, right. it, it's, it's, we've got the shooting match wrong. If communist China, I'll use an example, is outside of me, then we're in a paradigm of conflict and disunion, as I said. If, if it arises within me and is made of me, while I don't have to like it, it's still made of my essence. We share a being. That's a, that's a, it's a massive difference. It's also the essence of, by the way, going back to sport competition, healthy competition. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You'll spin your wheels fighting the external foe. That's tension because you're in the wrong paradigm to begin with. Your, your starting place is wrong. So now I've got tension. If my so-called, um, uh, competitor, my competition is made of me arising within me. Cooperation become a uh, competition becomes cooperation. And that's the root of the word as I understand it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. And th that's right. And thus I am playing in freedom and ease. This is back to still power. I'm playing in freedom and ease as opposed to intention and, 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 uh, where I get maybe short spurts, but I'll never sustain excellence. Never. Mm. Never. And so I, I think I'm getting the answer to my question about do you share my pessimism? The answer is no. Oh. And, oh. And, and the answer is in, to a large part in parenting. Is that, is that? No, no, no. I, no, I, 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 sh I don't. My kids would laugh at this. Like I'm so not pessimistic. Like, like I always think we're going to, my son, oldest son's a college baseball coach. I, I always, I think he's going to win the national championship. Like I'd never even cons consider the law. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not kidding myself. I just think that's the way it is. I, it's very funny. Um, and then even when they don't win the national championship, I'm like, oh, okay, that, that'll work too. Like, well, next year, cause we just learned like it's, but, but so I, I don't, pessimism is not something that I pay much attention to, but, but what I will agree with you on is a direction of what you say. I do think we're far away okay. from this realization as a society. It, it, it's, it, look, I, I get so much pushback. Like, like you're going to, like the fact that you're even hanging in with me in this conversation and appreciating is fantastic. Like it, it's a very, um, people that I talk about like not wanting a vaccine. You think people criticize me for not wanting a vaccine. Like, uh, that's easy compared to telling them that they are not the body. I mean, <laughs> I've been saying that, like, like I could take that. That's nothing. That's nothing compared to the criticism and the, 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 the attacks, frankly, that you get when you tell people that they are, that they've been conditioned to be this limited lacking thing. And I'm asking you to look at and see if that's true. They're like, you're out there, man. What I've had going for me over the years is that I'm a relatively normal speaking and looking person. And I, so I, I, I don't, they don't quite know what to make of that because they expect me to be different in real, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, here's the robes, Garrett, right? Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, or, or and I'm a good athlete. We can go play some, you know, you, you can't beat me on the golf course, even though I'm 61. You just can't. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. So it's kind of funny, like, what's with this guy? And that's kind of served my career well, so to speak. But I think that rather than pessimism, I, I often describe it as in my lifetime, which is a whole nother discussion if there is, isn't even a lifetime, but we'll just use that practical word in my lifetime. I am positive that we won't come to this cultural realization. I'm positive we're light years away, but that's okay. Like, like I'm okay with that. I, I don't, I, I am virtually sure that under the materialistic paradigm, the paradigm, again, that there is me here and everything else happens separate from this limited lacking me, that ultimately this society will crumble. It, because a lie cannot stand. So ultimately this society will crumble. Now this is gonna sound a little pessimistic, but just bear with it a second. The question then is, do we crumble with it also? Or do we move the society move on in this new perspective, so to speak, which is not a new, the only, the true perspective. So that's the question. And you can read about this in the second to last section of that book. Um, so people sometimes say to me, well, wait a second, Garrett, you're suggesting that we're going to all expire, like society is going to go under if we don't get our act together and realize who we are. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of suggesting that. Well, isn't that like terrible? Isn't that morbid? Isn't that pessimistic in and of itself? And I said, no, it's, it's not. Because if society crumbles or the world explodes or whatever, or if the world goes on in peace and harmony, in the, the knowing of self, we're still going to be okay. Consciousness cannot be affected by any of this. The universe cannot be affected with, with what happens within it, by, by what happens within it. So it's the knowing of self that I rest in. Mm. And as I started to say about an hour ago, I think, in the knowing of self, burden falls away. And, it, in, and when burden falls away, we're in a direction of truth. So, so any model, paradigm, methodology that increases personal burden, again, that's the insecurity I mentioned before, that's your sign that you're looking in the direction of a misunderstanding. Any, any paradigm, and there's only one, that removes burden, which in effect, it's, it's wiping away the personal back to love, removes burden, removes the veil, that's the direction of truth. So we are limited and lacking and temporary separate entities that were born and will die. <laughs> okay. And have to make a living and have to make a name for yourself. And there's a million entities around us that we're tiny little specks. And this is burden now. This is just, this is on our shoulders and we're in a constant coping mode of that. That's the lie. I am here 
I've always been here. I have no evidence I will not be here. Nothing that happens can change the essence of who I am. Just by being me. Wow. That, that removes that seeking. Hmm. Removes the personal. Removes burden. It's love. And that's how you, how you know you're on the direction of, of truth. And when the, when the world kind of wakes up to who we truly are at our core, then, uh, then that shift, that sh seminal shift will happen. And it has to happen. It has to happen. It can't not happen. Again, a lie cannot stand. It's a lie. So that's optimism. That is optimism. Maybe not in your lifetime, but it has to happen. That's your view. I, I, I'm positive. And I, I actually think that this COVID episode is, in, is indicative of a reckoning back home. Uh, it it's, it's really shows us that, wait, this is the reckoning. This is part of the reckoning. I'm, I actually feel, you know, my father passed away four years ago and I, I, always, I almost feel sorry for him that he wasn't alive now. When so many people are like, why did I have to be alive during this mess? But I actually think like, this is such a seminal moment and we could either, even go, e either go further into the material or we could really see it for what it is. It's a stripping away of the lies that separate us. They told us to separate. How'd that work out? No, no, no. You can't separate. This is a lot. We're... No, so, and we're starting to wake up to it. Mm. So we're starting to wake up to all of it. And this is a, a, as I said, a calling back home to the essence of who we are, which is love, peace, and happiness. Right. And we're not vectors of, of, uh, disease and it's all bringing us back the essence of self. And sure, no. not everyone's going to see it. So and within you, you look within and there's going to be some people who see it, some people at all. But again, what they're revealing, what they're revealing is your own uncertainty and that you have to keep going and we have to keep going and keep exploring right. and keep eradicating the lies because yeah. we haven't got it either just yet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and, I, and, and, the, and it seems, as I think about this from a historical perspective, it, it, as I look at this, it's like there's been kind of pockets of this, you know, let's say spiritual communities or awakenings of different parts of history and different, you know, different parts of the world. Uh, and, and I suppose the question in my mind, are we, are we right now, you and I and others, and, you know, who maybe even further down this path, have have had this, this, if you like, this awakening and, and there are sort of the pockets of us, but will sort of die down again and sort of materialism will reassert itself. Or could this be the start of a tipping point of all of society? Is, is that it, something it you're suggesting? We don't know. We don't know. And it'd be, I think we'd be foolish to, to say we yeah. do. We don't know. But in, in, again, in my lifetime, so to speak, there has never been, I, I've been, I've been talking about this again, for 28 years. And over the last three years, I have never seen a more people interested in this message. I, I've never seen it. And I haven't gotten better at it. <laughs> like, like, 
I, 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 I sharpened no, up your rhetorical skills. Kurt. I know. I was actually, I, I said to somebody yesterday, I said, I thought I was on the way out. Like, I really thought I was going to be doing a lot less. And I'm happy to not be. We were talking about the way forward. Like, I'm happy to be involved with these young people who are all of a sudden getting interested in these questions. But, but yeah, when, when you, when you realize that when, when someone says, wait a second, authority is just, they seem to be really confused. Nothing's making sense in what they're saying. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whatever. Or I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying, wait, a lot of people are starting to recognize that it's very illogical in some of the things that authority figures are saying. That's enormous. It, of course, it's a lot. You're, what, what, they're, what, what those folks are doing is they're questioning do I know what he's saying or she's saying is true? Not to blame the person that's saying something that isn't true. It's the questioning. Is that true? I mean, you said it. There's a mask. Is a mask a health measure? Health measure. Some people are questioning that. Just because the guy in the white coat says it is, doesn't make it right. Right. Doesn't make it right. Good. Question that because he doesn't know more than you. You're the knower, not him. And that's what I want your children to know, that they're the knower. They're the knower. All things arise within them, made of them, known by them. They're the knower, not the guy that arises in the dream, so to speak, in the white coat. They're the dreamer, not the, not the guy in the white coat. So, so, that's important. And that you see young people questioning. Terrific. Encourage them to question. Encourage them to think it for, for themselves. Even if they get it wrong, it's essential. And that's where I come in. I've been doing it for years and I'm happy to help now. It's so important. No one knows better for you what's right for you. You know, you're the knower. And when we start outsourcing our power, we start to we start, the, we, we, we're solidifying the veil. We're veiling ourselves back to this lacking separate entity that needs authority or an expert to tell us how to be. It's, it's a, it's the wrong way around. Yeah. That's why I, I am, said to you. I am the Noah. You are the Noah. That's why I said to you, don't believe what I say. I don't want anyone watching this to even believe me. No, don't believe me. Big mistake. No. Yeah. There's a lineup for you. Is it right for you? Mm. And if they tell you to, if they tell you to, um, if they tell you to sit down and stop rocking the boat, keep rocking. Because if the boat was stable, the boat was true, it couldn't be rocked. So just keep speaking the truth. Keep rocking the boat. And that's how we're going to get back. Ultimately, we're going to keep wiping away the lies all the way back home to what can't be wiped away. And putting words to what can't be wiped away, it is all things arise within me consciousness, are made of me consciousness, and are known by me consciousness. That ultimately, is, I'm putting words to it. So words aren't truth either, 
Okay, but I'm I'm doing my best to describe. That's why I always say that's a provisional definition of who we are, consciousness. I don't say it is the true definition, right. provisional definition. And by the way, if you come up with a better one, tell me and because it, it could be better. So anyway, that's yeah. that's the beauty of the last three years, in my opinion, especially as we come out the other end of it. I, I see it happening. I see um, I, 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 it's, it almost brings tears to my eyes that I see young people questioning, not going along. And um, that's exactly what the journey of life is all about, questioning, questioning and questioning all the way back to the fundamental question, who am I? Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This, this, is, so, this is so challenging and simultaneously <laughs> inspiring and energizing. You know, I'm, I'm just so grateful that, uh, yeah, I, oh. I was able to find you, connect with you, have this, this conversation. Thanks, buddy. Ditto. Yeah. Ditto. And I can um, absolutely see how we could carry on for hours. Um, I told you. I told you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's, well, we can anytime, yeah. anytime. Yeah. And um, so I'm going get, to get home and experience, uh, experience my kids emerging in consciousness. Before we go, well, sorry, sorry, buddy. But, but on that, I don't want to forget what I popped in my head, so to sure, speak. Go for it. So, so. Um, sometimes I'll, I will give a strategy or exercise and people will say, wait, I thought there was no strategies or exercises. I always say, wait, 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 I didn't say that. I said a strategy or exercise or, or coping tool that, that keeps us seeking in the material world is what I'm not in favor of. However, here's an exercise that mind and the heart exercise, fold, folding inward exercise I'm going to give you is fun. So when you go home, really ask yourself the question. Is this experience, including my children, my wife, the objects in the house, so to speak, um, are they appearing, arising at a distance from me, as I said, or wait, is this all the inside of my own mind, the inside of the mind of God or consciousness? And really play with that. It's, very, it's fascinating how you will go back and forth between which is true and and if you can, or the audience can, even for a, 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 just a little bit, let's say 5% of the time, even rest in weight. This is the inside of my own being. Then just kind of tap into what that experience feels like versus this is all outside of me. And then you tell me from there which one's true. So it's something that, as you as you said, when you go home and see your boys, that it, it is a. And by the way, it's it's easier with our loved ones. It's actually easier with our loved ones. So start there, start there. That's interesting. Easier. I would have thought yeah, it'd be yeah. harder because they're more likely to trigger you and push your buttons. But it, 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 because you love them so much, it's it's quite easy. And you've they, you've already been taught that they're part of you. So you that's what I okay. mean. Whereas that's someone that in the world that you disagree with or your your unruly neighbor or something, oh, he's a dick. And I can't. He's he can't, that can't be happening. To me. <laughs> he can't dick. be part of me. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, everything else is part of me, but that guy. <laughs> that dick. Right. Not that guy. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. No, got it. That's a great exercise. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll okay. certainly try that. All yeah. right. My yeah. Okay. So, I mean, should, we should, so 
people finding uh finding you uh obviously there's uh, the inner sports innersports.com well actually innersports.com is actually not up anymore so don't go there <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> actually if you read the if you read the uh author's note in to self it starts out with i'm closing the doors of innersports okay so go there but you still you'll see that but it doesn't mean that uh you know uh, it, like my, it's still at our sports, my company, but I, I, I'm limiting the people that the new clients, let's put it that way. That's I how I get it. So, um, however, my website, so GarrettKramer.com, you has a, you can reach me through that website. Now that website, sadly over COVID kind of got hit by the sensors a little bit. So like my YouTube stuff got shut down, all this stuff. So it's okay. But, um, the, if someone wants to contact me through my name.com, there is a, you can reach me through the website and I'll, it okay. comes directly to me. It doesn't go to an assistant or somebody comes directly to me and I'm happy and I will respond to anyone who reaches out to me. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, and then we'll, we'll put uh, links to all of the books. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And I can recommend absolutely true self notes on the essence of being. Uh, oh, thanks. Man. Yeah. That was one uh, I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed. Thanks. All right. Uh, anything else, Garrett, before we... Uh, oh, yeah, I got plenty, but we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it. We'll All leave right. It. This, is, this has been fantastic. Um, yeah, my friend. Garrett, uh, here's to um, a continuing awakening. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Peace. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by... First Human. For more on First Human's human focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.